I just want to fuh. Because forget does not start with fuh. That would be fuh-get. I just want to four. I just want want to four. four. I just want to four. (laughs) I just want to four. Hey guys, it's Brant, and I'm back with another The Panel Has Spoken video, and today we're back with Kiss's Revenge album, and I've got, we got a supersized panel with us today. We're coming at you in quad today, like our own Kissified Brady Bunch here. We just don't have Alice in the middle, Um, (laughs) but uh, so we're real excited to get into this video. course you know we talked about that emily and her mom sandy was going to be joining on this video and we have a new guest panel member who uh her name is cc and you are at spooky six on twitter and she i don't know if you recognize her or if you've seen her but she created a video this past week she on her twitter she asked for people to send in pictures of themselves with kiss memorabilia on or something related to Kiss, holding up a number one or doing something like that. And she basically made a video. She didn't say what she was doing, but she basically made a video. She made that video, which is great, to the to the um, track We Are One. And Gene saw it and retweeted it. And then the Kiss organization saw it and retweeted it. And so um, I started talking to her because I figured somebody's got that kind of passion to do something like that. They fit they would fit right in with us and start talking to her. Turns out she's a huge fan of the Revenge album. So I invited her to be on the panel today and she had the opportunity to do so. So we just want to give her a warm welcome and welcome to my partner in crime, Rick from It's All For You Demon and to the Grazianos, Sandy and Emily Graziano. So, hey guys, how you doing? Rick, starting with you, man. Uh, let's talk about revenge. Let's go ahead and get into it because I don't want uh, this is going to be a long panel anyway with the with the what how many are of us five of us, so it's going to be a long panel anyway. So um, just let's go ahead and start talking about the album uh, and talk about revenge for you. Um, for me, this album came out five days before I graduated high school. So and you know how that last two weeks of high school is like a breeze and kind of fun. You add in this and it was just so, I mean, I was like on top of the world, you know, no more school (laughs) done and got this brand new revenge CD out. And I just remember how huge it was back then when this album came out. I mean, this is a hit parader with a double, double sized ad for the record you know, new album available everywhere. This was huge, and it was nice to have them back. Like, this was, you know, this was Kiss coming back again. This was, you know, we were going to get a Creatures of the Night record again. And, you know, we we were talking previously, when the CD came out, the smell of this liner notes 
is delicious. It has a wonderful smell. Everyone watching should open up their Revenge CD and give this a good whiff because ah, it's just 1992 magic. And I love this record. It's a great record. I do have some qualms with production, but we will get into that as we go on. This was a great time to be a Kiss fan. Things were fun again and, and chugging along. So, CC, before you get into your thoughts about Revenge and everything and where you were when it came out or where you were, how old you were when you first experienced it, what it is without getting in too much details about the songs, what it is about what you love about it, or did you just like this era, things like that. And also tell us a little bit about yourself, if you don't mind, how much you want to talk about, and uh, a little bit about what the experience has been like for you with um, getting noticed um, on Twitter by the band over your video? Well, I've always been a passionate KISS fan. I really like makeup. I like doing the KISS makeup and also regular makeup. Um, I'm into photography and playing bass, stuff like that. But, um, uh, you know, getting noticed by KISS is really cool because I love them. So, yeah. But um, revenge for me, like, Obviously, I wasn't alive while it came out, but um, basically for me, I didn't really listen to it growing up. I just kind of listened to the 70s stuff and the 80s era, so when I first heard um, that album, it was like a big deal because I never heard them without makeup, really heavy metal, and... I just thought it was really cool. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's awesome. Awesome. So what about you ladies? Talk about revenge to me. Well, I mean, I wasn't alive either, but when it came out, but um, well, this was four years before I was born, but I feel by the time 1998 came around, this album was still very revered. Like there's a lot of people who think this is the last great Kiss album, and with the mixed reactions of Carnival of Souls, even to this day, I feel like there's a camp that is always going to be loyal to this album, and I remember, I was introduced to this in 98, I was two years old, and this was the only record, non-makeup record, that my mom would consistently play. So, that's what I remember. Well, you were alive when it came out, so what do you think? You were getting married that year, so you probably were distracted. That's the year I got married. I just remembered, I, the minute it come, they would come out, I would get them. And without going into the certain songs, there were certain songs that captured me and other ones not so much. So Emily grew up with hearing s- certain songs from this CD. Maybe that I shouldn't have heard. That, yeah, that she probably shouldn't have heard at that age, but she didn't understand what they meant. So I think it was okay at the time. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like a bad mom because I'll no, ever listen to some of the Kiss songs. Mom. I let my kids listen to all the 80s stuff, and they're 80s kids now. They love 80s, and it was a decade before they were born. So um, my, my youngest, my oldest was born in 93. So, um, yeah. So um, Revenge to me is, like I said, it's my sentiment with Rick. I remember uh, when this album came out, and I loved... I loved Kiss's return to their creatures, 
creature-esque um, roots and sounds. Um, I love the look. This, outside of, outside of uh, the original four members, this is my favorite era of KISS. No slight against Eric Carr because I love Eric Carr dearly. I think he's an amazing drummer. It's just the music that KISS chose to make outside of Lick It Up really kind of fell below the bar of what I expected out of them. Um, this, they went above the bar. They actually raised the bar with this album with Eric Singer and Bruce Kulick. Um, and they raised the bar on this album. And I don't care what other people says on the Carnival of Souls album. In my opinion, they took the bar even higher. I don't care if it's not your style of music or whatever. Being a musician, I know what it takes to play this music. This is hard music to play. Carnival of Souls, the stuff that they were doing on Carnival of Souls, even harder. Um, probably some of the most challenging stuff that they have ever done, they did on these two albums here. And they did it with uh, Vinny returning on a couple songs. We'll get into that. And they did it with Eric Singer and Bruce Kulick. And so this, outside the original era of Kiss, is my favorite era. So I'm really excited to talk about this album. I bought this album when it came out. Um, this is still during the time when you went down and got in line at midnight to buy albums. You, there was no downloading it, pre-ordering it. There was none of that. It was going down there and getting in line, and hopefully that you got in line. You were at that point where you got the album. I remember going in and getting in line for Metallica's Black Album, and they sold out before we actually got it. We, I didn't get it till a couple days later. So I remember getting this album. I remember sitting in the parking lot of the mall listening to this album before we even drove away. And um, I'll get into what songs I like about it more than others. But I love this album. I love the packaging. I love the, the, the kiss on the front without them being on the front, the bullet holes. A lot of people, they don't like this cover. I like the back. I like the way they look. And one of the pan member, panel members asked, I wonder why they didn't uh, have Eric dye his hair black. I like the contrast. I think it's mm -hmm. cool that they had him not do that because four guys there all with jet black hair and all in black, you got to have a little bit of light somewhere. So why not, why not it be Eric Singer's then sexy mane of blonde hair um so and i also love the way kiss looked during this time i love that paul kept a little stubble a lot of people didn't like that but i thought it was cool i freaking love gene's goatee and even though he kept the long straight hair with sometimes the ponytail in the back um i just love that i loved their look during this time um mm -hmm. they seemed and i've said this before on this album and on carnival of souls they seemed what I call a legit rock and roll band. They're not hiding behind gimmicks. They're not hiding behind makeup. They're not hiding behind costumes. This album, the music stands on its own for Kiss. And if they're not, they should be damn proud of this album. Um, so that's my thoughts on my, my opening thoughts on Revenge. Uh I will say before we get start getting into it is I don't, and we can go around this really quick without getting into details about it, but I don't really hate any song on this album. I love every song on this album. I think it's a solid album all the way through. It 
it has its blemishes along the way as far as sometimes in like Rick said in production sometimes in um, the strengths of the songs some songs have weaknesses inside of them but I basically my list is basically I have uh, three categories I have a top shelf a middle shelf and a bottom shelf and there are four songs that's on the top shelf that are essentially all number ones uh, somebody posted on social media my songs are 1A, 1B, 1C, 1D, 1E, you know. Um, so I'm, I, I totally get that. I have four songs that basically are all number ones to me. And then I have the big middle, what I call it. I've got five songs that basically could be twos and threes. And then I have three songs that, that are fours and fives. And, you know, five to me is still good on a rating of one to ten. Five is I like this song. and You have to go down to fours and threes and for me to not like a song or to want to skip it. So this is going to be a strong album for me. So even when you hear me say a song is an eight or a nine, that's just as good as a two or a three. So I just wanted to preface that on this because I'm not going to say that I hate a song on, on this album because I don't. I'm going to go ahead and spoil that. All right. Anybody got anything to say before we get into these songs? All right. All right. Cool. So this is how we're going to do it, guys. I'm going to I'm going to go first, and then Rick will go, and then Cece will go, and then the Grazianos will go in the order, however they, they choose. Um, so we had um, 75 of us on the panel this time, not counting us. Uh, that's 70 other people. And so we'll go over that really quick. Um, so on the on the the panel today here we have me and rick and cc and emily and sandy uh we have uh from facebook destroyer dave paul bertolino ray kelly matt uchi keith nudu and my childhood friend scotty sky from instagram justin churchy hansen the third aj zetro 1975 tony p1 the clarences good to see them back dylan tucker Twitter, we have R.C. Campbell, Kimshi Chris, Sam Loomis, Matthew Smith, Sean McKellen, Tom Dust, Darren Helliwell, Paul Teplius, Bree Strutter, Bill Sharp, Tony Rod, Jack Skellington, Andy, Julian Davies, David King, Rob Myers, Jeff Wyatt, Dennis Kosterman, Martin, Eric Mosiu, and Aladio. And then from YouTube, we have John Howard, Jeremy Kimonis, Sublime 130, Perpetual Art, Greek Freak, Gregory Pegg, Nina Kay, Kiss Carolina, Hard Rock Metalhead, Rick R., Future Squash, 767, Scott Epperly, John O., Trevor Bullock, Mikel D., Rayan FM, Brian Foster, X Josh, Luis Maladino, Specs, Two Gay Dads, and um, Two Gay Dads just posted for you KISS fans out there who like to see us KISS nerds go through our, our stuff. They just posted a very cool video. It's almost like a time capsule video where they opened, they were opening up tubs of their stuff that they have in storage and just looking through it and talking about it as they're looking through it. And it's amazing. If you've not seen it, Two Gay Dads, it's all together, the number two Gay Dads. Look them up on YouTube. Go check that out because that video is awesome. It's really cool. Um, Steve Rebus, Stephen Goodman, Joel Pegg, Jay Lee, Marty White, Kissing Time, Jay Reed, Super Kiss 1200, Travis Mulgard, John B. Good, Andreas Samuelson, Demetrius K., Jay Reiner, Snake Kips 3131, That Toy Bonnie Guy, Les Wadley, 
Hard Rock Reverie, and Dan Thompson. So that is our panel for Revenge. That's a nice looking panel. It's good to see some new people, and it's good, and it's always good to see the people that are always there week after week after week. Um, and so let's go ahead and get started. We got 12 tracks. Some people say 11 tracks with a bonus track. There, it's it's 12 tracks. So I'm um, gonna start with 12. I'm gonna start with number 12. So Rick, what is your prediction for the panel for number 12? It was super hard to predict. So. My panel predictions are going to be all over the place. I said tough love. All right, Cece, what about you? What's your prediction for number 12? I put Card Jam 1981. Okay. Bet you guys. I put Spit. I'm taking a shot in the dark. (laughs) Heart of Chrome. Okay. I predicted Card Jam 1981 was going to be at the bottom. This is my prediction, Sandy. <laughs> it's not my pick. It's my prediction. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to... Uh, go ahead. Um, at 282 points, the panel chose as number 12, Car Jam, 1981. <sighs> uh, two, two members, Kiss and Time and John B. Good, picked it as their... Uh, number one song um, and for me I like the drums on this song I think Eric Carr is amazing I've said that more times than I can count uh, he's actually my favorite drummer drummer in Kiss more a little more than Peter although I love what Peter did to contribute and more than Eric sometimes Eric is a little too technical if that can be but um, and Peter played with the heart and soul for Kiss that can never be duplicated. But Eric, mm-hmm. I felt, was the best drummer for Kiss. I wish Eric was still alive playing with Kiss. I really do. Um, but even though I'm a drummer, I don't really like drum solos. I think they're boring, kind of. Uh, and but this, But Eric on this is amazing. But just so for me, my personal thing... I love this song, but it's still my number 12. It's low. It's it's the last on the list for me. Um, this <clears throat> would never be the first song I would pick to listen to off of the album, just for me, because it's not really a song. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, it's part of Ace Fraley's breakout, which Bruce, yeah, re- yeah. which Bruce re-recorded. But it's 12 for me. So what about you, Rick? Where's Car Jam coming for you? Number five, I felt like this was a perfect way to end this record. If you're going to dedicate this record to Eric Carr, it's a beautiful ending. I kind of wish they would have just kept Ace's guitar work in there and done it like as a strict vault piece. You know, this this is Eric in 1981. Um, other than that, I just I love the sound of his drums. My God, if you turn that up. His drums just sound so good, and this is this is the nerd in me. There is a drum solo on the Motley Crue box set around Theater of Pain. Tommy Lee does the same exact fill that Eric does. That that, and I in my head I really like to believe that Tommy heard Eric 
because that would have been 85. Tommy heard Eric play that around creatures, maybe, you know, during sound check and and kind of stole that riff because that's just my nerd love of imagination. But this is a great track. And just the sound of his drums is so it does get a little long. It gets a little drum soloy. But oh man, those beginning licks and and Bruce's guitar work is perfect. Perfect way to end this record. Hey, CC, what about you? I put it as my number seven because I really just appreciate Eric Carr and his drum work and everything. And I just really love like music. It doesn't have to be like just lyrics and vocals and stuff. I really appreciate the instruments. Okay. All right. Ladies, what about you? Uh, I put it at number five as well. Um, 1998, I'm two years old. My mom wants to make sure I know who Eric Carr is and his legacy, not only as just the drummer, but what he can do um, as a talented uh, musician. So I got to know this is Eric's big piece on this record, even though he wasn't a member of on this record he well, he didn't play on any other song my mom had to make sure i knew who he was so that was it's that is ingrained in my childhood as from the as a track so well, i also put it as number five only because it was an instrumental it was just eric and bruce but you know how i feel about eric carr this little short italian guy that just played the drums with his entire being and he was a good guy. Fans always had great things to say about him. So that's that's my opinion. Okay. All right. So um, number 11. What's the predictions for 11, Rick? Take it off. I'll, I, I'll leave my clothes on. Thank you. You don't want me taking anything off, man. I ain't got my summer body worked out yet. You don't want me taking it off. What about you, CC? I put Tough Love. Oh, I'm sorry. I put Heart of Chrome. Okay. Paralyzed. Paralyzed, okay. Oh. I, pre I predicted for number 11, Paralyzed also. Um, with 384 points going into the 300s, 384 points at number 11, the panel chose Paralyzed. Um, and I, it breaks my heart to see this song this low because I freaking love this song. Um, I love the words, I, the words to this song. Just, I heard somebody, somebody on the panel, and I'm not trying to change anybody's opinion. Somebody on the panel said that the words to this song were shallow. The words to this song are not shallow you just may have not ever lived these words, but the words of these songs are not shallow. If you felt this way, if you've ever been paralyzed or felt depressed or felt like you don't matter or felt alone or whatever, or just you don't give a fuck anymore, if you've ever felt any of those things, paralyzed will speak to you in volumes. Uh, just the title alone. Um, but I love... I love Gene's vocal performance in this. I love the music. I love the breakdown where it's just those drums that do, and Gene's, I'm so bad, you know, 
I think he says, I'm so bad Jesus couldn't save me or something like that. He says something there. He's, uh, he's mumbling, but then the solo after that is just, it's a blistering solo. And if you listen to Gene's vocals, he puts so much into this song. It's almost like he put Paul Stanley care into this song. His vocals, he overdubbed himself like four or five times because there's this low vocal and then there's this guttery vocal, and then there's this higher vocal. So he sang this song over about four different times, getting the vocals. Um, I just, I love this. Uh, to me, this song is overall amazing, and we are hitting my favorite song on this album early because my number one song, or one my most favorite song, the one that makes me feel the best and I perk up the most and gets turned up the damn loudest when I'm listening to it, is Paralyzed. So that's what it is for me. I've done <laughs> my first my favorite song's out, out of the gate early, um, and I hate that it's down that low. So what about you, Rick? You picked this one number one. This is number one for me. It's my favorite song on yeah. the album. It's number one for me. This is a perfect song from the that beginning bass slide. It's just perfect. This is evil Gene. Oh, see, see, man. you have to love that. So, that opening line that Gene's bass is recorded amazing on this album. Gene's bass yeah. sounds so good. Which I will say, he also it also sounds good on Psycho Circus. Mm-hmm. Because this song reminds me of Within. That same bass kind of that bass sound to it but this song is evil gene it's what we needed on this entire record and this is where i find fault with bob ezrin producing kiss this record is is mean you mentioned earlier this is like metal metal with bullet holes in it the album title is revenge and yet gene has songs about you know girls on here that just don't belong to me that this this is mean gene this is what we needed and this song's perfect it has swagger it's it's my number one pick absolutely this is like you said this is the jam that you you turn on and you just turn up and it's so good all right cc paralyzed for you i put it at number eight but i do like really love it because like i feel like i can relate to the lyrics and i just love the sound of everything but i put it at eight because i have like other favorites that i love more than that song so yeah all right girls um i put it at number nine just because kind of like what cc said there are other songs that just take precedence over it um uh, it's not my favorite Gene song on here, although it, I think it is a much stronger song than what he was doing on Crazy Nights and Hot in the Shade. And maybe had a song like this been on one of those records, it would have more appreciation. I put it at nine also. I loved the drums and guitar, but I, the thing that turned me off was I didn't like the background vocals. Mm-hmm. It, I just... I, it just turned me off. I just didn't like it. The rest of it I did, but sorry. Yeah, it, it's it's an angry song. No, no. I mean, no, no yeah. need to, no need to apologize. Yeah, there's no need. There's no ever need to. You've you guys have seen these videos. 
me and Rick, sometimes it's really good. I love when we're twinsies like we was on this song. But there's been so many times I've picked a song as my number one and he's picked it as his number 10. And it's just... There'll be two two songs on this album that you and I are at polar opposites on. I I know it. (laughs) So... um, yeah, it's we we kind of got to know each other. It's funny because I make my list, and I in in the back of my mind, lit Rick's list that I'm not seen yet, because he sandbags on me a lot, but um, which I'm glad he does, because I don't like for my list to be influenced. Um, but uh, I'm always I'm I'm thinking, I wonder where Rick's gonna pick this. I know where Rick's gonna pick this. He's he's a softy. He's gonna pick this. He's gonna this is this has a this has an AM radio sound. This is gonna be up there at the top. This sounds a little like Barry Manilow. This is going to be up there at the top. Every time I look at you, is not my number one pick, so relax. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And I will say, I will interject this in before we go on to number 10. Um, Paul and Gene, it's almost like Paul and Gene were making two different albums. I meant to say this earlier. It's like you have Unholy come out, which... I'll, we'll talk about that when we get to it, how I feel about it. And then the second, the very second song, um, Take It Off. It, it's like you, the opening song takes you in a direction and you're like, hell yeah, this is going to be a badass album. And then Take It Off comes out and you're like, wait, are we going to be worshiping Satan tonight? Or are we going to be going down to the strip club? Which is it going to be, guys? I mean, you got to give me some direction here. Yeah, or are we going to do both? Because they do kind of take you back and forward. Okay, let's go down to the strip club and worship Satan. Okay, let's let's just do that. Because they do, they take you. It's like a roller coaster. They they're they're constantly swerving on you. So, mm-hmm. and, and that that is one thing that does kind of frustrate me about the album. Although I love it as a whole, I've grown to love it as a whole. It is kind of it does get kind of confusing, which uh, you know that. They were operating in the same vein, Gene and Paul was, but hell, they were swerving all down the road, yeah. left and right, left and right, left and right, all the way down the road. When, when we get to take it off, I, I have those exact sentiments. I'll, I'll save it for then. Okay. Um, so what's the predictions for number 10? I said car jam. Okay. I said paralyzed. I also said car jam. Thou shalt not. Sandy, have you been breaking into my house and cheating on my paper? <laughs> Is that what you said too? So so number ten, I predicted thou shalt not as number ten. It's my prediction. Um let's see. At four hundred and twenty seven, so we done bumped, jumped into the fours. Four twenty seven, uh with a score of four twenty seven, the panel chose at number ten. Because every time I look at you, they chose, every time I look at you, um, six panelists, Andreas Samuelson, that Toy Bonnie guy, Rick R., Scott Epperly, Justin Churchy III, Tony P. One, picked every time I look at you as their number six. Yes, Rick, I was just as surprised to see that our chat buddy, Tommy P., picked every time I look at you as his favorite song. Um, I love this song. I, but I feel like Paul's trying a little too hard, especially with that vocal phrasing that I just did. Tried to say I'm sorry. Didn't mean to break your heart. You know, and the, 
It's just, Paul, you don't have to try that hard to write a love song You're, or deliver a love. And it's not really so much the writing of the song. I love the words to this song. I love the music to this song. It's beautiful. I like it better on Unplugged. Um, but it's beautiful. But you don't have to embellish so much. Um and like I said, the part that gets me the most, I still cringe to this day, even though I love this song. I still cringe to this day when he does the whole, because every time I look at you, I just cringe because I was like, Paul, come on. They already want to have sex with you. You know, you don't have to, you don't have to go this far. Um, but uh, he just tries a little too hard, and it stick, this song sticks out like a sore thumb on this album. It's like you have all this songs about strippers and devil worship and angriness and and you're you're a bee and you know you're a you broke my heart and and then you have a love song in the middle of all of it. Well, not the middle of it. It's kind of towards the end. Um, I don't know, man. Even though I love it, it just it it it's, all, it's almost like it belongs on another album. Uh, so did I say I picked this? No, I picked this. As number six, this is on my middle shelf. I still love the song. I mean, guilty. I love it. You can't deny it's a great song. But what about you, Rick? I picked it at number seven. It's a great ballad. I agree. I think this is Paul trying to grow up a little bit from your reasons to live, from your forevers, trying to write like a a serious ballad, and also. You mentioned it It feels out of place on this record. I totally agree. And I'll just go ahead and put this out there now. This is why I think Bob Rock would have been a much better producer for this record. You look at Nothing Else Matters by Metallica. It's a, it's a slow song, but it fits the record. I think Bob Rock would have molded this record more angry, more evil, more revenge. and they could have had a ballad on here and had it be a, a nothing else matters kind of, you know, could have been, it could have been a without you, Bob. Rock, yeah. Yeah. Bob Rock, Dr. Feel yep. good without you love song. Yeah. Great love song. It fits in. It fits in with Dr. It, Feel it, good. Yeah. Perfect. And it's not cheesy. It's not cheesy. And this kind of has a, a, a sense of Swiss cheese on revenge, even though I love it. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it's, it's perfect on Unplugged. Mm-hmm. CC? Yeah, I have it on 11 because, like, I feel like it's a little out of place out of that album. Like, the theme of it, it just it doesn't really go, but I still love it. Okay. Okay, well, I cannot say anything bad about this album. It's kind of a staple of my childhood. I, I'm sure you can. I think... <laughs> I don't know if I heard it for the first time on Unplugged or this album, but I can tell you it was the second Kiss ballad I ever heard. And when I first heard it, I didn't believe that it was Kiss. I, my mom's like, Emily, this is Kiss. It, you know, Beth, because Beth was the first slow song ballad that I heard. And she's like, they have other slow songs, too. I'm like, oh, okay. So this is the other Kiss slow song, not knowing that they had other ones. But, yeah. What number? I chose it at number four. I chose it at number four just because I love it, but it would have fit better on Paul's solo album. I j- it didn't, 
I love the song, but it just did not fit on this album. That's that's that's, uh, and that's one thing I love about these panels is when we have opposing views as well as when we have a views where we agree on something. I, I really love that. All right. So, what's predictions for nine? Thou shalt not spit. I chose tough love. Spit. Okay. Number nine. I chose tough love. And at number nine, with 433 points, the panel chose for number nine, Tough Love. Three panelists, Bree Strutter, Jack Skellington, and Martin, picked it as their favorite song. I picked this song as my tenth favorite. It's bottom shelf for me. Um, it's low for me, but I still, I still like it. Coming off of Unholy and Take It Off, and then you just get into that kind of, even though it's a cool riff, but the da 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 it just, it falls kind of flat. Now it does, I do like the, uh, where it does that, dun da 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 And I love the way Paul sings like that, I want to push you down. And it's one of Paul's angry songs. Um, and this is one of the reasons why, and this has nothing to do with what we're reviewing but this is one of the reasons why I have a beef with sometimes the words that comes out of Paul's mouth. It always seems to be convenient to whatever he's trying to convey at that moment. And one of the big beefs that he had with Carnival of Souls was some of the lyrical content that, that he was talking about. Talking about, why are we being sad? We're millionaires. Well, why the hell are you being angry on this album, Paul? You ain't got nothing to be angry at. You're still a millionaire. You still laid more women than... God knows what, and you're a rock star, and you're adored by millions of fans, the hell you got to be angry about. So, um, you know, it's just like I said, Paul's like, he talked about what are we, why are we writing these sad songs on Revenge? Why are we writing angry songs? And it's, it's to me, they're, they're sister albums. Revenge and Carnival of Souls will always be sister albums to me, even though they sound nothing alike. They just always remind me of each other. But this song just, it just falls flat for me. It's got some good parts. It's the music in it is great. Bruce and Eric in it is great. But and the solo in it is great. But it's just and I don't hate it, don't get me wrong, but it just falls. So yeah, it's uh it is ten for me. It's number eight for me. This is a, again like just doesn't feel like it fits the record. Paul you know, lyrically kind of going in a different, like you have Unholy and then you have Take It Off and then you have this. Um, to me, Eric and Bruce saved this record. If it wasn't for them, I don't think we would love this record as much. The solo in the song is so dirty. It's just dirty, dirty, dirty. And Bruce and Eric shine on this record and they saved this song for me. That time change stuff they do in this song mm -hmm. is very unlike Kiss and very cool. Oh, man. I just, I love it. And they save these songs. Like, normally, A Tough Love, I probably would skip. But because of Eric and Bruce, I listen to it. So Same. it's it's number, uh, number eight. I put it as number ten because... I don't know. It's not like one of my favorites, but 
I still like it. I don't know, I like the music in it, but the lyrics oh, don't really do anything for me. Okay. Okay, um, well, I didn't want to cut out. I chose it at number 12. I like that Paul and Jean are trading vocals. Um, Bruce, um, the, I don't, well, I think what turned me off and also turned you off was that gimme, tough, love, like background love. vocal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but I think the fact that Paul and Jean are trading vocals also that saves it along with Eric and Bruce's playing, so. I picked it at number 12 also because of what Em just said, that the background vocals I just, that was, yeah, no. All right. Can, can we address real quick uh, a horror, you know how, I God love, I love Kiss, but their, their decisions for shirts sometimes are completely strange. They sell that shirt now with a Paul makeup face and it says tough love underneath it. What? Come on. I mean, at least do a revenge photo. That's my little <laughs> my my soapbox. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, so um, brings us up to number eight. So, what's your prediction for that? I predict spit. Okay. I predicted domino. I predicted every time I look at you. Tough love. Tough love. Yep. I predicted spit. So, um, with 436 points, only three points above Tough Love, uh, at number eight, the panel chose Spit. Gregory Pegg was the only panel member to pick Spit as their favorite song. I picked Spit for me as my fourth favorite. It could just as well be one. What everybody hates about this song is probably what I love about it. I love the lyrics. I love the lyrical content. I, I love She Gets Down on All Fours. I love the visuals in this song. This is a stripper song. Uh, it's, it's, it's a dirty song. It's angry at the same time. I even love the cheesy... I even love that. Um, the solo in this. I even love where Bruce starts wailing... And Gene's like, take it, Bruce. I actually do that. I'll be going down the road, and I'm, I need a whole lot of woman. Take it, Bruce. You know, I do that too. I mean, it's, I love Spit, man. And this is a Windows Down song for me. It was down for me. The other day I was sitting at a red light, and I was beating, beating the hell out of the, now imagine me, six foot one, 300-pound guy, and my little silver mini, with my with my with my sunroof open, my windows down, beating the hell out of my steering wheel, playing the drums, singing, and she gets down on all fours. And I look over, and the people in the car beside me are looking at me like, "What the fuck is going on over there?" So um, they're not. Parents are grabbing their kids and like running. Yeah. <laughs> Mommy, the big bald headed guy, scaring me. <laughs> So, uh, but yeah, um, I've gotten my notes. I love everything about this song. This is Gene and his element. I love the words. I love the music. I love Paul and Gene singing together that, yeah, 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 ride after ride after ride. I love it. Bruce's solo and the where they break and, the Star Spangled Banner, and then he blasts into that. Eric does that amazing drum feel, and he blasts into that blistering wah-wah pedal. 
uh, solo. I mean, man, if you don't like this song, <laughs> whew, I tell you. But this is number. But this is number four for me, man. I love, I love Spit. This is like top shelf, top shelf Gene for me. Rick's gonna hate. Was me. that a seg? Was that a segue into me? Rick's. This gonna, is our, This is gonna. This is going to be our polar opposite. And Rick's going to hate it. (laughs) This is my my number 12. I just thought. I told you it was going to come. I told you, people, it's going to come. This song. Let's see. Okay. So the lyrics come from Gene as a drag queen in Never Too Young to Die when he plays Velvet. And. Velvet does this song way better than Gene does on Revenge. Uh, This song just does not fit on this record. I get it. I love the Paul and Gene trade-off vocals. I love Eric and Bruce on this song. But Gene sounds like Eddie Murphy imitating James Brown with that. Oh. Lock the windows, pass. close the doors. And, and windows up. Oh, my gosh. Windows up. This is a, it's a major pass for me. I'm sorry. Number 12. Rick, because who you are is what you eat. I do love the Star Spangled Banner. That gave us a beautiful uh, revenge tour ending to that tour. It gave us almost the, the Lick It Up era tank ending. So I do I do love that inclusion, but just lyrically, this this song just does not fit on this record for me. Okay, I still love you. What about you, Cece? I put it as number five because I love the lyrics. Like I think they're so funny, but like awesome. I don't know. And I love like the Star Spangled Banner guitar part and the music in general. Just awesome. Okay. Okay, I put it at. Number 11, my mom didn't play it very much in childhood. I only recently discovered it. Um, It's a very Gene song. I don't think anyone else could sing it, like, in context of, like, the lyrics and everything. Um, Yeah, I I just, I don't dig it as much as maybe I could. I don't know. My opinion could change. So. It's 11 for me. I put on my paper, I don't like the chorus. It's just, sorry, it's yuck. I just don't like it. It reminds me, the beginning of it reminds me of another song that I just cannot, for the life of me, place. Okay. I still love all of it. I still love all of it. Do you, do you think, couldn't they have the balls to just say shit instead of spit? I think they could have, but I think... They probably, this song, he might have initially said that, and then they probably would have said, well, why don't we do a play on words and say it don't mean spit to me, you know. Mm. I know that it it doesn't surprise me to see this song down this low. I've never heard this song get a fair shake by most people. Most people hate it. And um, so I, um, it wasn't, it was actually more surprising to see Paralyzed down as low as it was than spit. I actually expected to see spit down around 10, 11, somewhere around there. Um, so it don't surprise me, but I still love it. So um, let's start. Let's go to number seven predictions. 
Domino. Heart of Chrome. Uh, I did Paralyzed. Card Jam. Okay. I said Heart of Chrome. I predicted Heart of Chrome for number seven. So, at 451 points, at number seven, the panel chose Heart of Chrome. Two panelists, Greek Freak and Rob Myers, picked this as their number one song. I picked this as my number 11. Uh, this, to me, is Tough Love's Uglier Sister. Um, both these songs are low points for me. I don't skip them. But I love how, one thing I do like about this song is I love how, you know, Rick, you've heard me refer to it a lot as In the Rafters, Paul. This song has In the Rafters, Paul on it. Especially during the color, during the chorus where he's like, yeah, and everybody's singing under him. The background singer's singing under him, but he stays up there. If you notice, the background singers are almost as loud as Paul is. And Paul's vocals, when he's in the rafters and swinging from the rafters, is not out front. It's kind of pulled back a little bit more evenly with the fabric and the texture of the background singers. Um, and I think that's how Bob made it presentable and, you know, it's not as irritating to me. I noticed that. As a matter of fact, it took me, I did it like I do always. I binged this album this week, and it was about halfway through it. I'm sitting here going, he's in the rafters on this song, but it doesn't kill me. It's not killing me like it did when Paul Stanley produced himself for, uh, you know, the, the previous albums or even Rob, when Rob Nevison produced them, when he produced them for Crazy Nights. It's not in your face as much. And so, um, but this album, uh, this song, it's 11 to me. It's it's bottom shelf. It's part of my, so my three bottom shelf songs are Car Jam, Tough Love, and Heart of Chrome. So that's my three bottom shelves. So what about you, Rick? Where does this come in for you? Number four for me, I love the music. Again, Eric and Bruce absolutely save this song. Um, I love the chorus. I love Paul's jazz. I think that just kind of that rock power. I love the breakdown in this song. That you get that, you get that almost like she head bob. You know, this song sounds dangerous, and you know, even though lyrically, you know, may not be as dangerous, but at least Paul's sounding dangerous on this. Um, yeah, it's one of my this is one of my go-tos on this okay. record. All right. So you say I put it as number twelve. I I don't know, it's just not one of my favorites. Like I have other favorites, kind of like the um the other one I said that I have other favorites instead of it, so I just kinda of put it at the bottom. Okay. Somebody's gotta I be at the bottom, you know. Okay, Emily. I put it at my number 10 yeah, I mean it's okay but I actually wanted to point out something with the lyrics which normally I don't do but um, the lyric taped our sexy conversations and sold them to the BBC in 1992 the Princess Diana James Gilby tapes were leaked to the press and Samantha Fox was British so I there's no proof that there's a definite inspiration for that but I just find that connection right there entirely intriguing how the tapes were meant to embarrass Diana in the press 
and maybe Paul could embarrass Samantha Fox by making that connection. So look at Emily going all nerd on us. I love it. I actually I thought it. the same thing. I'm like, wasn't he dating Samantha Fox around this time? I actually thought the same thing because I'm like, why is he mentioning the BBC? Oh, Samantha Fox. That's right. And I, I do not mean nerd in a bad way. That is that is perfect. That is uh that is I'm, the imagination I'm, of Kiss. I'm a realist too. Like there's this other side of me. I'm a total British history nerd, and I couldn't let this song go by without mentioning that. That's awesome. A Kiss nerd is the best kind of nerd to be. <laughs> um, I just lost my train. Oh, we're, yeah. I picked as number ten. Also, I didn't. I wrote a note. That I don't, I didn't like the background vocals. Why didn't like, I like that? They just drug it down for you, like maybe without the background vocals. You said it could be better. Yeah. Yeah. But. Kind of droning on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so um, we that brings us up to one spot outside the top five. So that brings us to number six. Paralyzed. Every time I look at you. I said God gave rock and roll. Take it off. Okay. I predicted Domino for number six. So for number six, the panel with 506 points, breaking into the 500s, 506 points, the panel chose for number six, Thou Shalt Not. Nine panelists, Matt Ucci, Scotty Skye, Sean McKelland, Bill Sharp, Julian Davies, Sublime 130, Kiss Carolina, Hard Rock Metalhead, Trevor Bullock, and Les Wadley picked this as their favorite song. I picked this song as my number two. This is The Demon. Um, this is, uh, this is a, a, The Demon's, my second favorite Demon song on this album. But this is a Demon song. I freaking love this song and um, his kiss my ass attitude he has in it. Um, I love the lyrics and the music and that demon sound and the breakdown before um, Bruce's solo. My favorite, the, no matter what song I like on this album, my favorite part of this album comes in this song. And it is when he came, he's coming out of the, the chorus the first time and they hit that that long sustained notes and they do that and they and he goes into the the second verse well of course i love i love the chorus that i love the music that's under the verse that i love that but the first verse you know he says i live most of my life in new york city born and raised in the promised land you know he's just setting up the idea of the song and he goes into something about kiss the ring on his hand and i love when gene does those vocal stylings that he does the yeah yeahs and stuff like that but once he's done once he's basically gone through the chorus and says thou shalt not i know what i want i know what i need i'm gonna live my life any way i please or whatever when he's going into the second verse I love, one of my favorite statements and my favorite feely moments that gives me chills and makes me hit my steering wheel the hardest is when he breaks into that, well, the son of a bitch must be crazy telling me I'm going to go down. 
that freaking is the best moment on this whole damn album for me. I love it. I live for it. Um, it and it, it's a, it is the, the pinnacle, even though it's this, this isn't my favorite song. It's my number two. Um, and it is, but that is my single favorite moment on this whole album. Um, so, yeah, number two for me. I can't say enough for it. So, um, what about you, Rick? I ranked it at number six. Um, I do agree. Very, very, this is Gene Demon that he should have been throughout this whole album. You know, the yeah. Demon songs are Paralyzed, Unholy, Thou Shall Not. He, every song of his should have been like this. To me, this is a uh, dirty Cadillac Dreams from Hot in the Shade. And I love it. This is a very much a go-to. It's number six just by ranking, but very much. I totally agree with everything you said. CC? I put it as number four. I love the lyrics. And I, whenever I, like, I listen to it, I can almost like picture like Gene talking to the guy. And like I can just picture the whole scenario like of him, like what he's thinking and everything. Like... I just think it's so awesome, and like the music, it's really cool. All right. Okay. Um, I chose it at number eight, and honestly, just because I—I I mean, I really love this song, but just because there's other songs that I put before it. If I could re-rank the album right now, I think it would be slightly higher. But it has a great chorus. It wasn't played that much in my childhood, um, and that's what I feel I'm gravitating to. But it's a great song. It is. I chose it number eight also. I love the chorus. And I do, I, it's the same as you, Brent. I love when Gene does that deep, like, growly voice. And he, yeah, that's, I love it when he does that. He's got so much vocal, vocal signatures in this song. Like when he's, the way he says hand. And when he says, the way he says need. I know what I need. And then I love that where it's, I know what I want. And I know what I need. The little the breakdown before the solo, Gene, like I said, on some of these songs on this album, he you could tell he was trying. He constructed these songs and arranged these songs the way Paul does, um, and mm -hmm. it, it was just so good to see Gene. Even on songs like Spit that might not exactly fit, he was. You could tell Gene was trying again. On this album and the album after it, you could tell that Gene was back, that Gene was refocused, repurposed, and that Gene was trying. And uh, that's just what I, I love about it. Okay, top five. So what's the prediction for number five? Heart of Chrome. Unholy. Um, take it off. Every time I look at you. Okay. My number five prediction is God gave rock and roll to you. Um, at 511 points, five points above Thou Shalt Not, at number five, the panel chose God gave rock and roll to you. The, um, we had six panelists, the Clarences, Sam Loomis, Matthew Smith, Raven FM, Luis, Luis Maladino, Jay Lee picked this as their favorite. I picked this as my fifth. Um, even though it's a cover, this is Kiss. This is a Kiss anthem to me. This is a Kiss fan anthem to me. This is a We Are One 
for this album. Um, this is uh, this uniting type song. Um, I love when Gene and Paul sing together anyway. I love how they trade off in between the verses. I love the music. Bruce Kulick has said, or either Bruce or Paul, has said that this is a very complex song. A lot of chords. They go through about 20 chords just on the introduction. But I love that whole, that sustainability. This is a, you can tell that this is a Bob, uh, a Bob Ezrin produced sound, song because just the way it's got that long sustainability at the beginning and then they break into that dun 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 dun, dun and they break into that badass bluesy solo that dun 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 I mean Bruce just kicks ass on this album it's so great we get we get a we get a vocal appearance from the angelic voice of Eric Carr during when it breaks down and he comes in in that high vocal and it's just I tear up when I hear it because that's Eric, man, you know, and uh, you hearing him rather than hearing him, his drums, you're hearing him sing. And I, I love that they left that. I love that they left that in. Um, and, uh, but for me, um, this is great. I love this song and I always sing along to this song. To me, this is that kiss anthem. This is kiss wrapping their arms around us. You know, the only thing that I kind of fought this song on, if I do give it a blemish or give it a ding, is Preacher Paul at the end of it kind of gets on my nerves. People, we've been given a gift, and that gift is rock and rock and roll. I mean, he, he's a little embellished, but but that whole, I know sometimes can, life can be a drag. Uh, you know, Preacher Paul at the end kind of gets to me a little bit. That means you. That means you and you and you. It's just like you don't have to do all that. Um, but I know that's Paul, so Paul's just being true to himself. So I'm not going to slight him for it. But it's just I could have done without all that at the end of it. Um, but so yeah. So what do you think, Rick? What about this for you? Preacher Paul. Preacher Paul. I, I like that. I like that. Well, he said from um, the beginning. Number... He get. He said from the beginning. He he talks to the crowd like he's preaching church. Yeah. So. <laughs> this is number three for me. This is just a beautiful anthem. I, even though it's a cover song, it turns into a Kiss fan song. Mm -hmm. Like you hear this song and you know you belong to something way bigger than you and unites you with thousands of people, millions of people all across the world. And this is the we are one song when this is played during the credits of extreme close-up goosebumps i mean if you don't get goosebumps during that closing credits and that song you need to check your pulse and on the end of the road when it flashes you know kiss loves you new york or kiss loves you tallahassee and they're playing god gave rock and roll to you over the arena you just want to start hugging people around you like, you know, this is us. You know, we're all together as one. And it's a beautiful, beautiful song. I love it. Okay, Cece? I put it as my second favorite because I love the lyrics and the meaning behind it. And I actually love the preacher Paul at the end of it because, like, <laughs> it's almost like he's speaking out to me or something. And it's just really, like, motivating and i listen to it when i'm down and yeah i just really love it amen 
Okay, I chose it at number three, but really my top four picks are really number ones to me. I could re-rank it as number one tomorrow or in five seconds. But this music video, because Eric Carr is on the drums, is ingrained in my brain. I It will be part of me forever. I feel that it it's just a part of me, <laughs> the song. Well, I chose it as number two. Um the fact that they kept Eric's vocals in there and he had a beautiful voice and the video, the fact that he was so sick and he was wearing a wig and he just beat those drums to death in that video. And this, this to me is kiss because Emily and I went to the concert and we went to go to our seats and there was people in our seats. And so the attendee said, oh, these aren't your seats. And they apologized. Oh, we're so sorry. The guy next to me, who kind of reminds me of you, Brandt, he was sitting there with his son. And he's like, oh, welcome to the family. Here's our new friends. And it, this is what, to me, this song is what KISS fans are. We're all just like one big, gigantic family. And we're, everybody welcomes everybody. That's true. Yeah, I can't. Very true. I can't watch this video. I love this video, and like I said, I'm showing my softy and trying not to trying not to tear up. But I can't watch this video. Being a drummer and playing along in a video to another drummer's tracks, and then reading in Paul's and Gene's book how they treated Eric in the last few mm-hmm. days, um, how they kind of in a way turned their back on him. They gave mm-hmm. him a break and. Instead of taking a break themselves, they moved on without him. Um, man, what a what a what a backhanded way to do something that was actually a member of the band. He wasn't an employee. Eric was a official member of the band, and he might I think he was the last official member of the band. Everybody else since then's been employees. I think Bruce might have at some point in time maybe been a member of the band, but. I, I can't watch this video seeing Eric there playing, knowing that he's got a wig on, knowing that he's been sick as hell, and he's sitting there, like you said, Sandy, just beating the shit out of them drums for a video. You know, his sound didn't even being heard. And, um, you know, I, that's the one thing that I kind of, it kind of pains me a little bit about that this isn't Eric playing on this song. I know he's singing on it, but it would have been nice for Eric to have gotten at least one drumming song on here, other than the car jam. But, yeah, um, great song. Okay, so number four. I said I just wanna. I said thou shalt not. I put Domino. God gave rock and roll. Okay, I said I just wanna. For me. Number four, with 525 points. The panel chose Domino. Um, It really surprised me to see Domino down this low until I actually started compiling and I saw how many people put Domino dead last. It really surprised me. Um, But uh, we had three panel members. Um, Dennis Kosterman and a couple others picked this as their number one song. Uh, I picked this as seven. To me, this is Spitz's older sister. Um, I love Gene on this. I love the attitude. I love the lyrics. I love the video, even though it's Gene just driving around in a car. Um, I like his vocal delivery on Unplugged better. Um, he, you know, 
like for example, the very when he's never had never had a home, never, and and then he goes on the album. He's like until I met Domino, but on Unplugged, he's like until I met Domino. He goes up. So I like his vocal performance on Unplugged better. Um, this is a great. It's a strong song because it comes through even Unplugged really good. Uh, Eric's drumming is amazing on this, especially at the end. Whenever they're doing that, dun and nun and nun at the very end, and she's a she's a got to have it all or got me by the balls or whatever. Um, but Eric's amazing on this one. His drum fills that he does, the triplets he's doing between the toms and the bass drum is great. Um, but Eric kills it on this whole album, just like Bruce does. But so to me, this is a seven. So what about you, Rick? Number eleven. Number eleven. This is. I saw the look on your face. Is, Number eleven. It's just. It's just another. You know. Here we have an album called Revenge. An album. We're all wearing leather. It's all mean. And then you got this song. It just doesn't. It's. It's eight. It's eighties. Sex crave gene. On an album where he shouldn't be eighties sex crave gene. He should just be pissy. Demon Gene. So it's low for me. Number 11. It's like, it reminds you too much of Spit, right? Yeah. 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 CC? I have it as number six. It's not my favorite song uh, that Gene sings, but I really dig the lyrics and the music and everything, and I like the video. It's funny and cool. Okay, I, this is my number one, and I first heard this song when I was two years old in 1998. Uh, maybe I shouldn't have because of its content, but um, again, I feel like this song is in my musical DNA. I just can't get rid of it. But I mean, like I said, my top four picks are basically number one, so it could be like number three tomorrow. <laughs> but I love this song. Bruce's guitar, he kills mm -hmm. it, even on the acoustic version on Unplugged. I may have heard it there first. I'm not sure. But I think you did. Yeah. yeah. I just, I, I love this song. It was my number one. I love, I know it's probably not politically correct today, the, the lyrics, but I love it. I love Gene's voice. I love his intonations and in his voice. I love the guitar. I love the drums. I love everything about it. And I think, but I think I like it better in MTV Unplugged yes. because he messes up and they have to restart. Yeah. And I just, and the Unplugged is probably one of my top, top albums. So, but yeah, this one, I, I just, I love it. Um, so let's go on to the top three. And uh, it's getting interesting, as always. So what's your prediction for three? Every time I look at you. Okay. I just want to. Um, for some reason, I chose Thou Shall Not. I just wanna. Okay. I predicted every time I look at you for number three. At 538 points, the panel chose for number three, they chose I Just Wanna. Five panelists, Tony Rod, Jeff Wyatt, Future Squash 767, X Josh, and Super Kiss 1200 picked I Just Wanna as their favorite song. I picked I Just Wanna for me as number nine. And it's simply because it's the it's the last one on my on my middle shelf of songs. And it's simply because we've said it before, is it's just songs above it pushes it down. 
Because whenever I did my list, and every time I hear I just want to, I'm like, where did I pick that? Nine? Why did I pick that nine? God, that's low. I love that song. What do I have above it? Oh, well, shit, I can't put it anywhere but nine. You know, so it's just like, uh, but I love I Just Want It. I mean, I love the way it, I got a body bit for singing. I just, I love the way it starts. I hate that it's so late in the album. It should have came earlier in the album. I hate that it's as late as it is. Um, it's, it's almost like arriving to the party a little too late to me. It should have almost maybe started the second side. I don't know. Or maybe the second song on the second side. It could, should have just came a little or came a little earlier. Um, but I've also got in my notes that I feel like it's Take It Off Sister. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a complimentary song to Take It Off. It's, it's Paul um, doing his... Uh, uh, it's Paul's second stripper song that's pay, played in the strip clubs. This is a song that I'm surprised to see as high as it was, because most people, even me myself, I love everything about this song except I. You talk about some a cheese pizza with extra cheese on top of it. The whole I just wanna fuck. I just wanna fuck. It's just you feel stupid just saying it. You know, like me and Rick, we were talking about in our chat that we do through the week. I just want to forget about it. <laughs> Remember we were talking about that? Forget about it. I can't, I'm Southern, so I can't do it. One of you people from up north can probably do it better than me. You Chicago, you Chicago ladies, yeah. Forget about it. I can't even do it. Um, but I love this whole song. And my other note I got, I'm going to not say it because I want to see if one of you mentions it. So we'll go on to go to uh, Rick. Yeah, because you and I are the same. I, this is my number nine. They, I'm shocked that two of the songs in the top three, I can already tell, are as high as they are. Um, this, I loved this song when I was 18. I really did. And it was a total windows down summer song. And now it's very much a windows up. It's still got power. It's still got cool passion to it. But I think what you were going to mention, and the minute I discovered that this was a ripoff of Eddie Cochran's Summertime Blues, you know, I mean, it's a complete ripoff, you know. Summertime Blues is, I'm going to raise a fuss, I'm going to raise a hollow. I mean, Yep. How a producer allowed that to go on is beyond me. You would have just been like, dude, you're t- completely ripping off this song. You know, That's what I if thought. you would have written a song like that and brought it to a pr- producer, they would have been like, oh, that's completely a rip off of Summertime Blues. How this got on the record, I do not know. I do like it. It is fun. Very much a in my basement alone. <laughs> not not my minivan. <laughs> Pounding the steering wheel, scaring the children next. <laughs> All right, CC, what's up with you? I put it as number nine, too. And I really love it. It's a fun song. But, and I remember um, when I was younger, and I think it was my dad playing it, I remember hearing it and I thought they were going to say a different word other than forget. <laughs> And I remember just being so shocked and like, it was just an awesome song, but you know, I have other favorite songs, so it just got bumped down to nine. Okay. Um, 
I've rated it at number six. I love it. It brings me back to being two years old, watching the video on one of my mom's homemade tapes. Um, it, uh, it, I know that it maybe hasn't dated very well, but again, I don't care. It's part of my musical DNA. It just got six because there are other songs above it. I look like a horrible mother letting no, you listen no, to all the songs. No, I think she's a cool person. So I put, I rate it number seven just because there's other songs on the on the album that I do like better. Okay. And do and do you remember around this era is when Paul started wearing those pants that said "fuck" everywhere? Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. He'd have those pants that said "fuck" like everywhere yeah. on them, and it was yeah. like that from me. Yeah. Are you trying to look? Controversial. I mean, that's just very unlike Paul, I guess. But yeah. you have to fit in. They skirted. Yeah. On, they skirted on being dangerous with this album because, like I said, it's called Revenge, and it's got angry songs on it, and it's got for every angry song on it, it's got a dirty song on it, and then it's got the God Rig gave rock and roll that's to a, you anthem. So it's like you got. That's a that's a very good analogy yeah you got you got pairings of that's why i said it's like this song has a sister song this song has a sister song they they you got angry dirty angry dirty angry dirty um and uh this song to me i said i think they really tried to like with spit instead of saying you know don't mean shit to me they said don't mean spit to me and then saying i just want to fuck they i just want to fuck I just want to fuh. Because f- forget does not start with fuh. That would be fuh-get. Yeah. It, it, if they were doing... If they I were, just want to four. I, I just, just want, want to four. four. I just want to four. <laughs> I just want to four. You know, I mean, it's like, it doesn't... And then, like I said, let's, list, let's all do it real quick. One, two, three. I just want to four. I just want to four. It's like... It doesn't have the same thing. Doesn't mean the same. Do you think today this album would have an explicit lyric warning? Probably, yeah. Yeah. That's why. Why couldn't they say shit instead of spit? Because if you listen to all the lyrics from all these other songs, it doesn't make sense why they just couldn't say shit. Today they would. I think when this album came out, they could have gotten away with saying shit. And they could have gotten, I don't think they could have gotten away with it being the title of a song. Um, but they could have gotten away with having it in the song. And I think they could have gotten away with uh, saying, you know, fuck. I think they could have gotten away with it. They would have had an explicit warning label. I just think that it's just Kiss, is, Kiss being corny like they are sometimes or trying to be cool. And, and that's when I really don't like when Kiss is trying to be something rather than just being themselves. And so the play on words that they do sometimes. Did, did I just hear, did I just hear Carnival of Souls in the back? Oh, what? Shut the hell Sorry. up, Rick. <laughs> Shut the hell up. You, you got some dogs. Okay. Yeah, don't you have some dogs to walk or something? God. Shut the hell up. I can't believe I put up with you. <laughs> Oh, my God. My goodness. All right. So that brings us to top two. So if you've been playing along at home and you had better been playing along at home. um, God, let me take a breath. Oh, man. 
uh, if you've been playing along at home, uh, and and if you are playing along at home and you make a list, take a picture of that list, share it on social, share it on my social media, share it. I know you can't easily very well share it on YouTube, but you can share it on Instagram, you can share it on Twitter. Take a picture of it, tag me in it, or put it on my page or whatever. Uh, put it on my post because I love seeing those lists. I love seeing the shots of people's predictions and how they lined up. I love seeing that. So be sure to do that. Um, so that brings us to the top two. So, Rick, what do you think number two? God gave rock and roll to you. God gave rock and roll to you. I just want to. Okay. Domino. Domino for you. Okay. My prediction for number two was take it off. So with 555 points, the panel has chosen at number two, take it off. Um, seven panelists, Hard Rock, Reverie, Mikhail D., David King, Paul Teplius, Tom Dust, Dylan Tucker, Destroyer Dave picked take it off as their number one I picked Take It Off as my number eight. Basically, the same way that I picked I Just Want It. It fell to number eight. Basically, the same way I Just Want to fell to number nine. I like Take It Off. I like Take It Off better than I Just Want to. I don't feel goofy saying singing Take It Off. Um, even though I still think it's one of those, it's, it's kind of like a spit or like a domino. It, you know, it's... Paul trying to make another stripper. I mean, he's literally telling you to take your clothes off. And this is when they had the strippers come out on the stage and everything. Um, so, uh, but I love this song. I love the suspended at the beginning where it's a long time before it kicks in. And then when it kicks in, it kicks in with that big, powerful, powerful Paul scream. Um, and, uh, and then just the driving snare on one two three four on every on every beat um i love the lyrics and this is paul writing a song the way he does best this is a paul stanley construction uh it's just aimed at strippers and uh so uh but i love take it off i like the video because i'm a guy and um but it's number eight for me Number 10 for me, it, it was just confusing to me. You come off Unholy, which is this awesome metal song, kind of evil. And then you go into a Sunset Strip era lyric song. Again, Bruce and Eric saved this, but it was just odd to me. I mean, given the time of the writing of this record would have been 91, you're still kind of in that Sunset Strip era, mm -hmm. but... 92 things were changing and the year 92 things changed fast this album came out in may and by november they toured my hometown of saint joe and played a place that is known for tractor pools i mean that's how low that's how crazy the genre had changed by then kiss you know was bands like this weren't big anymore and it's just an odd placement for me and you think about the time things were changing so fast the lyric content of that kind of sunset strip girls 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 era had kind of gone by at that point but and so that's why it's low for me it's it's a great song and like you said it's a 
it's a good celebration. You know, it's a, I mean, who doesn't love a strip club song, but it's just an odd placement on this record for me. Right. I just like, I just love how me and Rick are just being low key cool about talking about all this stripper stuff with like three other women on the call with us. That just shows how old and how mature we are. We're just low key talking about stripping and like it's nothing. And I see the women down there smirking and laughing and giggling and, it's it's hilarious to me. I love it. Well, they're, they're well, you when guys they play St. Jude. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say they're definitely they being played. good. They're, go, uh, damn it, I'm talking. <laughs> okay. <laughs> go ahead. They're definitely being good sports. That's all I was gonna say. Now you can talk. Damn. Go ahead. <laughs> so when when they came to St. Joe, they brought out local strippers. Yikes! In St. Joe, that's all I'm gonna say. You're lucky if you had a full set of teeth up there. <laughs> We're going to kill Sandy. <laughs> oh, you got to remember, too, I'm older than everybody in this panel. Remember, I'm older than both you guys. Not being by 60. much. I'm not 65. No, oh, I'm, I'm, I'll be You're 55. Only by, you're only older by me by four years. Not four much. years, okay. Not much. You should be my little brother. I just turned 51, yeah. I could be your little brother, yeah. Yeah. So could you, Rick. Rick could be my and little brother. Rick, Rick could be my little brother. So. All right, Cece. I have it as number three because I just, I love the lyrics and I love the music and it's a great song to like have fun and dance to and blast and it's just awesome. <laughs> okay, um, I picked it at my seven just because it's what happened like I like other songs again this was also played a lot in my childhood so I I mean I can't criticize it I mean to me it's just part of that musical soundtrack of life I guess I chose this as my number six okay. it's because there's other ones that I do like better I will tell you this, that Take It Off and I Just Want It is on my summer playlist like that gets played out by the pool. I'm not sure my neighbors appreciate it too much. This is this is a fun, like Cece said, and like you guys said, this is just a fun song. All right. So uh, if you've been playing along, you know what number one is, but we're going to do our predictions anyway. So, Rick, what did you predict for number one? Unholy. Take It Off. Unholy. Unholy. And I predicted unholy. And now get this, guys. You want to talk about, we always talk about the separation of the vote. So the first song was 282. It was in the 200s. Number 12 was. And then 11 was in the 300s. And then 10 and 9 and 8 and 7 was in the 400s, and then 6 and 5 and 4 and 3 and 2 were in the 500s. Number 1 is 1 point shy of 800. <laughs> so it was, it was the separation between 1 and 2 was phenomenal. The panel almost unanimously chose Unholy as the favorite song. Um, 29 panelists Paul Bertolino, Ray Kelly, Keith Nidu, AJ, AJ Zetro, 1975, R.C. Campbell, Kim G. Chris, Darren Helliwell, 
Andy, Eric Mosiu, Aladio, John Howard, Jeremy Kamona, Perpetual Art, Nina Kay, John O, Brian Foster, Specs, Two Gay Dads, Steve Revis, Stephen Goodman, Joel Pegg, Marty White, Jay Reed, Travis Mulgard, Demetrius K, Jay Reiner, Snake Hips 3131, and Dan Thompson picked Unholy as their favorite song. I picked this song as number three for me. This song is just as easily, it's number one, but I can't, I can only have one number one. So Paralyzed is my song for number one, and Thou Shalt Not is my song for number one, and Unholy is my song for number one, and Spit is my song for number one, but I had to give them, I had to give them numbers. There is no fault in this song to me, from the scratching at the very beginning um, to the way, to the end of this song. When it comes in, that very opening riff is just nasty. That and then when Gene comes in, that gutter voice that he's singing in, plus the effect they have it on top, and his bass is just so fat sounding, and he's hitting these low notes, and just the diminished, um, the like the chromatic scaling that's done, the and the the lyrical content. I love the lyrical content about, and this is the to me. And don't throw stones at me, but to me, this is the God of Thunder for Gene that I want Gene to have. Paul wrote God of Thunder. This is Gene's God of Thunder to me. Him and Vinnie Vincent writing this, they fucking knocked it out of the park. It's one of my favorite Gene songs, if not very close to being my favorite Gene song. But this is the demon song. He is saying he is a demon. He's not saying he's a god of thunder. He's saying, I am I am evil. I am unholy. It is the demon theme song to me. Um, it's the ultimate demon song. And Gene just performs it. And I, in my notes, I've got, I find no fault. The demon is back, all in caps. Uh, but yeah, so I can't say enough about unholy. Uh, hands down, my one of my number ones. Uh, what about you, Rick? It's number two for me, <clears throat> only because I like Paralyzed. That was number one. Agree with everything you said. So everything you said, I repeat. This is why I don't like Spit. This is why I don't like Domino. To me, every Gene song should have been like this. I, I know that sounds oh, you know, redundant and like he's not, you know, he's kind of stagnant throughout the record, but everything should have been evil gene and i think this record would have been this is a great record i just think it would have been a more well put together record and i totally agree with you don't throw stones i think live now instead of god of thunder they should do unholy mm -hmm. it's it's the god of thunder for the next generation and it's it's just as good could you imagine Gene fresh with the blood on his face and running down his oh. chin and running down? I yeah. have seen you eat your own. I mean, it's oh my God. Mm -hmm. That that should be yeah. the rabid Gene with the blood running down his face. That's what he should be singing. You know, I agree. Even even it, you could even go a step further, and you know, as the blood's dripping down. You know, and the blood's over with. Go straight into that. Wah, wah, yeah. wah. Oh man, that would be awesome. Yeah. 
about you, Cece? I put it as my number one. I love this song. I think it it gives 70s Gene vibes because, like, back when he was on the Mike Douglas show, he said it's evil incarnate. Like, it really shows his character without the makeup on. And I think it's just such an awesome song. It's such a perfect song for him. Yeah. I put it at my number two, but it could easily be number one. And um, the last time they had Gene do it, I know they have on the Rock the Nation home video, he does this with the blood spitting and the bass solo. Um, did I just say bass solo? Yeah, what's oh, my god, oh my god, I'm going Tom Snyder. Tom Snyder's. I'm not I'm the trap player. <laughs> <laughs> okay, bass solo. I'm so sorry. I'm like being possessed by the ghost of Tom Snyder. Okay, but, um, um, but yeah, um, with the... Face solo. Um, if you watch the Kiss the Rock the Nation live home video, it he's basically doing what Brant just said with the blood spitting and the the beginning playing. And I really, to me, this is a song that should be played on vinyl because if you listen to the CD, it's very hard to hear the opening sound effects. I didn't even really hear it for the first time, crisp and clear, until I put on the vinyl, and I'm like, whoa! It, it's it just made the song come alive with that much more to me. I picked it as my number three, and I wrote in my notes, this was more like KISS when they started. Because I've been through every incarnation of KISS. All the members I've seen, I've been through everything. And to me, this was like we're going back into the 70s, and this was KISS again. Mm-hmm. Because I have certain favorite songs from previous albums, Detroit Rock City, Love Gun. There's a bunch of songs I love. And I pick and choose throughout all the albums. But to me, this was like Kiss. This is my Kiss that I originally, when I was itty-bitty, young, super young, started listening to them. Right. Well, awesome, guys. Uh, so let's see. Let's recap real quick. Um, at number 12, we have Car Jam. At number 11, Paralyzed. Still pains me to see it down there. Number 10, Every Time I Look at You. Number 9, Tough Love. Number 8, Spit. Number 7, Heart of Chrome. Number 6, Thou Shalt Not. Number 5, God Gave Rock and Roll to You Too. Number 4, Domino. Number 3, I Just Wanna. Number 2, Take It Off. And number 1, Unholy. So, that will do it for this panel. The next panel will be for Kiss. Um... We have another panel that's been started. We start in the 80s, and uh, so that's going to be Guns and Roses, Appetite for Destruction, and we're still taking votes on that. If you see this video pretty quickly after it comes out, uh, the panel's, uh, the voting's going to be wrapping up quickly for that, but, but the next KISS album that we're going to be doing is going to be Unplugged. Now, I know in the past we've not done live albums, but I feel like Unplugged is significant enough that it should be done as a panel video. So we're going to be doing Unplugged next. So you will have until uh, we always close on Friday, always close the voting on Friday at midnight Eastern Standard Time. So if you live somewhere on the other side of the country, like Australia, I know a lot of times you guys have a tendency to get in just a little late. So you might want to do it on Thursday your time uh, to get it in on time because I really hate, I've actually literally, last week I did one, 
and me and Rick had just got finished filming, and I picked my phone up after I was done and looked, and there was somebody had sent their list, and I wrote them back. I'm like, dude, we just filmed it, so you know, catch you next time. And they got theirs in early this time. They're all in Australia, uh, Destroyer Dave. So, and I want to say I appreciate all the viewers worldwide. It's so amazing to be able to be on your phones, be on your tablets. People send me pictures of them watching me on their TV. Uh, it's it's just kind of humbling and how this community is just so great. And I have people tell me that this is what they look forward to on Mondays, that it starts their week off great. So with the panel, between the KISS panels that we're going to be doing, and we'll find, we'll, we run out of albums, we'll find something to talk about KISS-related to, to be able to vote on. And between that and the 80s, you're going to be getting videos on Mondays and on Fridays. So um, if I can keep that schedule up, Mondays and Fridays. So, but I really appreciate all you guys watching from wherever you are. Every once in a while, comment down in the comment section and tell me where you're from. Uh, tell me what part of the world you live in. and Because uh, I really like seeing where all everybody is. And I think I've got people pretty much around the globe uh, watching. Um, so, but get down in those comments and tell us what you think about how the panel stacked out. And, uh, you know, and if you didn't get the chance to get in on it, comment what your list is down in the bottom. You, if you missed this one, you can still put your list down there. We still love to see that. So I want to thank my fellow, uh, my fellow panel members and my guests today. Uh, down below me, CC Spooky. She is at Spooky6 on Twitter. Uh, be sure to check her out and follow her. She does a lot of makeup, her makeup stuff. I forget, failed to mention it earlier, but if you go back and look through her stuff, she's always putting on Kiss makeup, always. And she's, every time you turn around, she's either dressed up as Jean or, or, or Peter. or She's always putting Kiss makeup on. So always check her out um, and uh, check out... Uh, Emily Graziano, check out her YouTube. She has a YouTube page, and she posts some really cool videos. She posts stuff about KISS, but she also posts other videos too, so be sure to check her out. Give her a subscription, and uh, thanks to Mama Graziano for, uh, you know, it's like a kinmanship because, like I said, you even though we're four years apart, you're you're my you're my era of of kiss fan age wise um so and you came in around the time i did maybe it was a little there before me so it's like we get each other i understand where you're coming from on a lot of things and then as always my partner in crime rick at it's all for you demon be sure to check his channel out too and uh and rick i just thank you for we i haven't said this to you in a while but i thank you for weekly doing this and going down this journey with me and being involved in these panel videos and being here faithfully taking time every Sunday uh, to, uh, to be involved in this with me. It's, you didn't have to do it, and, uh, but I, I, appreciate that you, uh, I appreciate that you do do it. It's a whole lot more fun when I've got you here by my side with me. So I want to tell you I appreciate Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Thank you for having me. And uh, I just want to say uh, – Emily and Sandy, very nice to meet you guys. Talk to you Thanks through to comments, and very cool to meet you. And CC, very cool to meet you. And congratulations on having Gene and basically Paul 
because Kiss shared it. I'm sure Paul runs yeah. that page. Congratulations on having them share your video. That's awesome. I mean, yeah. that's that's what we all aspire to do, and that's very cool. You pulled that off. That's very cool. Thank you. Yeah, I worked really hard on it, so it was definitely worth it to see them notice it. Now, that's you- awesome. And I I I have to say. Of your makeup photos, I love the fact that you did a Love Gun Ladies makeup mm-hmm. pose. That yeah, was awesome. That's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, CC, are you planning on doing another video? Or are you going to do another? Yeah. Are you going to continue collect, make posts where you're collecting pictures from people and making videos like that? Yeah, I, I definitely like some people, they were like, oh, I wish I didn't miss this. I wish I could have sent in photos earlier. And they missed it, so I'm thinking of doing another one. Okay, that'd be really cool. So, Emily, what you got coming up on your channel? You got anything you want to talk about your Uh, channel really quick? I don't know, but um, people who who see me on this panel, they're always surprised to know that I'm a truly, I'm a history geek in terms of, like, British history, European history. Um, Then they're, like, very surprised to know that I dig black and white, film noir, classic movies like Gene Harlow and everything. So, yeah, I'm like this person who has all these different facets to me. I think I'm one-third rock and roll with Kiss. I'm one-third history with the British Royals, and then I'm one-third like classic Hollywood. So (laughs) they're always very shocked. So if you didn't know that about me, I am very much a classic movie nerd. If you love John Wayne, I just did a video about John Wayne. I dedicated to my late grandfather. So if you wanted to check that out. I'd love to hear what some of your thoughts about um, John Wayne are. So, okay. All right. Yeah. Well, unless anybody else has anything, that's all I've got for this one. Be sure to like this video. uh, And if you watch any of my videos and watch any of Rick's videos and Sandy's video or, and Emily's videos, um, CC, I don't think you have, do you, you don't have a YouTube, do you? No, I don't, but I plan on making one in the future. Okay. All right. Well, when you make that, whenever we're in videos in the future, we'll be sure to promote that. But, um, but yeah, give these guys a subscription. And when you watch one of their videos, be sure to give them a thumbs up because a thumbs up, that helps. What that shows is that shows that YouTube, that you are, that you're interacting, that you not only watch the video, but you interacted with it. And that helps to, put them in the algorithm to get out to more people for more. If you enjoyed the video, then you should be willing to let other people see it and enjoy it too. So a simple click on the thumbs up really helps a lot and gets these videos out there to more and more people. So that's all I've got for today, guys. I appreciate you again, taking the time, taking the couple hours it took to do this. Appreciate you guys and appreciate you guys for watching. And we'll see you in the next panel video or in the next video in whatever I decide, crazy thing I decide to do next. We'll see you in that video. So take care. I stole your line, Rick. And we'll see you in the next video. I'm giggling too much to talk about revenge. We can't talk about an angry album. Oh, just sniff your record again, Rick. Yeah, just sniff your record. Yes. Sniff your record, Rick. Then we get the giggles out, and then we can talk about revenge. We can get all angry with Gene and Paul. Bob Ezra.
but you can be angry with Bob Edsman. Well, I can. Uh, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh, I got to crack my neck as always. <laughs>